The following resource is presented by the Counseling and Conference Services of IOM America. Welcome to Z-Pod. An Outreach Ministry of Identity Matters podcast. Z-Pod is focused on addressing the worldview issues relating to the millennial generation and their children, Generation Z. Our new podcast series reveals the importance of the indwelt believer knowing and understanding who they are in Christ. Thank you for joining us today and welcome to Z-Pod with Dr. Stephen Finney. This is part B. So now, in bringing this as close as possible as we can, we need to understand something very basic about considering relationships over absolute truth. What the person, you, and the other person who is fronting you is putting you in a position of whether you're going to make a decision to highly rate the relationship over absolute truth. What this person said to me is that I know you consider ministry more important than relationship with me. But, and then I stop this person. No, there is no but. Know this. I will deny you or any other human on the face of the earth if I'm ever put in the position of choosing relationship with you over absolute truth. Because I will choose absolute truth every single time. An argument ensued. In that argument, I said, let's put this as simple as we can. Jesus said, he who loves his father, mother, brother, sister, son, daughter, you can add whatever you want to the list, But he says, he who loves his father, mother, brother, sister, more than me is not worthy of me. You think I'm going to sacrifice my intimacy with Christ for you? See, that's the real question. Silence ensued. I said, I'm not done. Do you remember when they sent the messenger, the relational ones of Jesus, The ladies sent a messenger to Jesus. A day's journey away, that poor guy had to foot his sandals across the hot sand. Finally gets to Jesus and gives him the message of these ladies that his friend was dying. And what did Jesus say to this messenger? Go about your way. I'm about my father's business. And of course, there was a second visit because he died. And what was the message basically saying? Jesus, you failed. If you would have came here after the first message, 
he probably still would have been alive because you would have put your hand upon him to heal him. Saying healing takes precedent over sovereignty. It does not. The reason why some of you are listening are going to die of cancer next week and you are a faithful, beloved one of Jesus Christ and God the Father, it does not mean that God was not keeping his word in healing you. His sovereignty of taking your life outweighs your method and your solutions. And that's why the name it, claim it, stab it, and slab it theology became popular is because you're holding God to his word. Really. So you see, relationship is not top priority to God. And Gen Z will go to battle with you over that one single issue. God will never secondary his absolute truth so that you feel loved. And if that's not a 602-292-2982, I don't know what is. God's love is not first. God's absolute truth is first, and his love comes from that. That is critical to understand. Since Gen Z is known for demonstrating that friendship is first, for some reason, I just find this pluralistic manifestation so curious. For some reason, they never get around to absolute truth. You see, once you get caught up in relationship first, you just never really get around to absolute truth. Never happens. That's why it needs to stay intact the way that God has it. Absolute truth. To get relationship with my son. Because he is truth. So if you reject the first, you're not getting the second. My dear lukewarm friends. The enemy has certain primary tools that he uses. And the one we're going to kick off, it's going to take us several weeks to get through this one because it's a, it's a huge deal, is the issue or the tool of technology. Now here is the clinical definition of technology. Technology is the use of techniques processes, and the like, or it can be embedded in machines to allow for operation without detailed knowledge of, it, of their workings. A system of hidden codes and meanings. A system of disambiguation to control life without exposure. Now, I don't know if you know what's actually behind the screen you're looking at. There are thousands of pieces of code. I have learned how to manipulate codes. Programmers do it all the time. I can stop a virus. 
or create one. Now, I have never intentionally created a virus, but I know how it's done. What you're looking at is coming from my laptop. You're seeing this image that was put together by codes, a hidden system. And usually as I'm reading coding, I read things in there and go, what in the world does that have to do what is on the screen? You see, that is the beauty of computers. In the coding, as you open up certain visual images, I can actually tag your IP addresses. Right? That's how it's done. So when you go shopping for shoes and the next day, oh, you just clicked on it, you didn't even put it on your wish list, the next day you open up your laptop and you open up any kind of website and all of a sudden there's an advertisement for your brown shoes right to the right. How did they know that? It's called screen scanning. When you're open on a web page or anywhere on the internet, there's coding in there that does screen scanning. They're tagging your every move so that they can market you. The internet is based on marketing. So this is what technology is. The real root behind it is the hidden data to control life without exposing who's trying to control your life. Walmart? The shoe company? There's no exposure. They're safe. So you need to understand that's what technology is. Cyborging is taking the same thing and that is embedding into machines an operating system that is relating to the DNA of the human body. This is not weird science. Even though that blew over the heads of most listeners. So dicing down technology here Through the past two decades, the Internet has become the home base for pluralism, Greekism. Pluralism is formed through the logic and reasoning of individualized self-thinking, a mind left to itself. Keep in mind that the original sin that was committed by Lucifer, who's now called Satan, while he was in heaven... He deviated from the mind of God to that of self-thinking, which is where we get our word O-opinions. He pulled his pinions back and showed his chest. That's why in the Hebrew, it means puffed up chest. In the Bible, the, the passages describing this moment explains that he pulled his pinions back that covered the throne of God, the cherub that covers. That is opinion. It is not in protection mode anymore. It is in exposing mode. And that's what got him in trouble. Due to this horrid error, he was removed from the mind of God 
like a bolt of lightning. And this is where we get the whole scriptural passage of my thoughts are not your thoughts. My ways are not your ways. Thus says the Lord. Since this was the first sin, Satan now places his entire deception in and around self-thinking. The internet became the perfect home base for this frenetic pluralism. Also keep in mind that pluralism sets the stage for all religions to be brought unto Satan, ultimately. The one God is God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And this is the option, the only option, for indwelt true born-again Christians should default to. The enemy is not happy with that because he knows you're going to lean on the absolute truth in the absolute word of God. He loses. But pluralism is the softest, sweetest, most well-paved road to the pit of hell that exists today. It's not bumpy. It's not narrow. It's not harsh. It is taken his entire investment through the generations to pave the most beautiful highway possible to make it easy for a generation to go to the one God with a little g. Pluralism. Here's our seven liabilities for poor Gen Z. The key consequence with all this is that it has changed the way generations process and interact with information. Not only is this interaction that is taking place between Gen Z through technology, you need to understand If you young Gen Z are listening, or a millennial parent, if you could please understand the science part of technology. Your child is interacting with hidden codes that are managing everything from their thumbprint that activates their smartphone all the way to every mouse over that is taking place or finger over that is taking place on their device. They know their sexual preferences, their gender-friendly preferences. They know whether they click more on male stuff or female stuff. They know what kind of toys. They know what kind kind of video games. They know all that stuff about your child already. You say, well, they don't know it's actually my child. Then you better get their fingerprint off of every device you have. I speak not in ignorance. It's an intellectual hidden agenda within technology. It's to capture DNA from you, and they'd love to have you just send in a sample, but that doesn't happen very often except for through some gen or Asian companies like Ancestry. 
which is a massive movement in DNA. Thumbprints will do it too. They'll settle for thumbprints. It's one of the first things that you have to do when you get taken into the sheriff's office is they take you over to the fingerprinting thing and you got to get ink on your finger and make the imprints and that baby gets filed into a system. Now I got a smartphone in which I do activate it through thumbprint. It can go and read directly the data that was filed in the sheriff's office when I was getting the data together for my federal chaplaincy. It's done. But see, I don't care. I want to be known in the hidden codes for ministry purposes. Freaks Jess out a little bit, but... So here's the following bullet points we need to be aware of that that they're basically suffering in the liabilities. And that's number one, intellectual growth outweighs that of emotional growth. Your average Gen Z could walk circles around you when it comes to knowledge and information. And when they start quoting the internet like it's some kind of holy Bible and they won't listen to the holy truth anymore, they're gone. It's over. Check the box. Because the pluralistic God has them versus the word of God. At the Gen Z conference, I'm going to show you statistics on Gen Zs and how often they open the physical Bible. How many click on their device to read a Bible? How many of the devices are leading them to NIV, the gender-friendly Bible, and the female-based Bible? Those are the ones I send you to. Not to the New American Standard Bible, not to the King James, not to the New King James. It's all loaded. You got to be thinking about this, millennial parents. The deck has been stacked against you. You say, no, it's random. Then why in God's name did Facebook get sued during the election? for being accused and proven wrong that they adjusted the trends on Facebook to lead them to a particular candidate. Anyone can change the trends if they're the ones controlling the social network. And these intellectual growth spurts are going to create retardation. And it's what we call social retardation. Number two, most are volatile and vulnerable psychologically, which is a very nice way they use to say they pitch fits. They listen to you on the outside, but on the inside they're restless they're anxious. They're, they're wanting to escape absolute truth and those who present it. Now here's the statistics I was to be prepared for for Gen Z conference. I'm like, I am not putting that in as a little warning tag. 
Well, if you want to keep them, you better put it in there, your opening slide. And here's basically what it is. You'll see it at the conference. That 96% of the millennial and Gen Z group are proactive in saying they're intolerant to a biblical worldview. I already know that because of the charts. 22% of the 96% will get up and leave your conference. If they're rude, they'll just do it right away. But most wait to break time and they don't return to your conference. Really? Our youth cannot be that stupid. They just can't be. Remembering stupid is knowing the truth, but refusing to apply it. We have a serious problem on our hands because we're not keeping the Gen Zers in a true reformation cycle through biblical, absolute truth, biblical education. That sets them up for a decision for transformation. Number three is defined as socially backward and slow in actual human interactions. In 2017, teen suicide went through the ceiling, off the charts. Somewhere I read it was an increase of 400% from millennials, but I can't get that verified yet. Number five, exposure to adult explicit material. You're not going to believe me. Now, if you are a programmer, you will believe me because you know exactly how this works. But within certain pages you're looking at that don't seem to be that harmful, I mean, you can be shown an image that has to do with social justice, but behind that image there could be coding that can lead you to a pornography site. How many times have you heard Why am I all of a sudden getting pornography ads flashed into my emails or onto my social networks and whatever? And I haven't visited any sites. I go, that's called ignorance. You do not understand the power of graven imagery. You present one look while you manage them through codes. This is what I'm trying to explain. So you may be looking at some news picture and that baby is chock full of coding that's going to bug you to death every day for the next how many years. That's how it works. Usage of online games have increased 400% over that of their parents. We'll be showing you a lot of statistics on that at the conference. Resistance to instructional directives for Zers is top issue for the educators. Second to the bottom of where Gen Zers get education. Second to the bottom. Most Zers are going to go through college just punching the holes in the card to get their degree. 
They're not there for moral development. That's a Christian school. They're not there for body life within believers of Christ. They're not there to get strong ethical views of the world. They're there to punch the car because mommy and daddy are paying for the college, which I am completely against. Mom and daddy are paying for that college. They're getting that card punch. They get a degree, and they're finding out that over 90% of the graduates of bachelor level are not using the degree that they received. Most of them, honestly, are at McDonald's. It's a big problem. When you have a moral, ethical view of the world and you're at a learning institution maintaining and developing that view, when you graduate from that college, you will know exactly where you're supposed to be. Because you were there with a mission to enhance a world view that you have. Those are the successful graduates. Journal of Individual Psychology. I've used a couple of quotes from them before, but here's the one I gathered this week. Generation Z, lower cognitive regions within their brain, which stimulate impulse, are constantly being activated by the bombardment of neurological, we're not talking psychological, neurological arousal provided by text messages, Facebook updates, video games. At the same time, the so-called Google culture of learning, finding answers to any question within seconds, continues to change the way Generation Z youth concentrate, write, and reflect. Their capacity of linear thinking has been replaced by a new mode of thinking, in which they need to take in and dish out information in a fast, disjointed, and overlapping manner. Now, what they just described to me is what I personally know about technology. You see, technology does that. It takes in information quickly, processes it quickly, and delivers an answer quickly. Those of you who have these Siri listening devices in your room, or the Google Home, I'm sure there are multiple companies that provide these for you now, and you set this little speaker-looking device on your uh, bookshelf, and every once in a while you're in the mood to find out where green reptiles live. So you say, Miss Google, where does green reptiles live? Bam, that fast she spouts off different parts of Africa, you know, blah, blah, blah. Well, that was fun. Well, how about, let's see, I'm going to do something a little more theologically. And there's a interactive relationship going on. So what's happening to Gen Z is they're expecting from themselves to be as fast as computers. They're becoming a computer person. 
Since that will outweigh emotional growth, we have some issues to deal with. Because when they listen to people talk, their minds have already figured the answer out so they don't listen to you anymore. They're stupid. And I am saying that in the truest sense. We are making our complete generation stupid because they're hearing truth, but they can't apply it or refuse to apply it, but they have the information surrounding the truth. What a dangerous place to be in. The results of these psychological implications are this. Here's what this all means to us. Within the next 15 years, we will see an entire generation with memory deprivation, difficulties in processing, lack of ability to communicate in an organized method, while attention span issues will be off the charts. Bottom line is the length of time for adult Zers being able to concentrate mentally on a particular activity will be based on 30-second intervals. But since I put this message together, I have received new information from the marketing company they have come out with this past few months that the new statistic is the 8-second shopper. It's no longer 30 seconds. So now we're down to 8-second intervals. Millennials at 4.5 minutes, used to be 6.3. Generation X is still at 46.3 minutes. The same modality that drives the internet will become the method of madness that drives Generation Z. Final consequence will be Gen Z will be known for preferring risk, high risk decisions financially, psychologically, spiritually. They will not be calculating properly to do normal generational ethical processing. That'll blow right by them. Won't be about ethics anymore. Hopefully you've caught this already. It won't be about ethics anymore. It's going to be about me. What I want. What I want to buy. Who I want to communicate with. What questions I ask Miss Google. Me. Centered society. And when you have a me-centered society is when God raises his, his hand and says, enough. It's one thing to reject God. It's one thing to reject Jesus Christ. But if you reject the movement of the Holy Spirit, you have committed the unpardonable sin of blasphemy against the Holy Spirit. When an individual does that, the individual pays. Are you with me? It's exactly what the scriptures say. It's the unpardonable sin. There is no forgiveness for it. But when a complete society, culture, global community does it, it's over. And that too blew over the heads of most of our listeners. Human identity is based on six formational 
elements, view of God, view of leadership, view of society. We've covered these before in our diagram. View of psychology, view of self, and view of relationships. The combined interaction of these six elements form the individual's worldview. And worldview derives from identity and behavior evolves from worldview. Why wouldn't you take action on your worldview? Behavior sets the precedent of generational ethics. And there you have it. A world view issue that could form a worldwide implosion on the human mind. I bet the cyborger is going to have a clearer processing than what's going on today. I can see why the World Council is absolutely concerned about the ridiculous behavior of humans today. Their liberal globalism has imploded on them and they don't even know what to believe anymore. They have no statement of faith. So why not put one in them? Why not give them a reason to live every day? Why not give them a motive, a cause, a movement that can move them to some kind of God and be loyal to at least one God? That is cyborging. It's creating loyalty by programming to an individual choice of God instead of taking on 50 at one time because that creates implosions. Next week, we are going to continue this particular topic, but we're going to get into the modality, the methods, the actual methods that are supposed to exist within ethics, and we're going to talk about the methods of madness with this generational ethical, problematic view that is existing today. Looking forward to having our podcast listeners come back. I know this is strong. I know it's absolute. And I know I present myself as being immovable. But if you knew me personally, you would know that every single challenge put in front of me, I research the daylights out of it. I am open-minded in that respect. But then I always come back to the absolute word of truth, and if it doesn't line up with that, I'm not lining up with it. And I'm going to present to you what does line up with it, God's word, who actually is a person, and a person who actually said, I'll give you the easiest solution I possibly can, since your human mind cannot comprehend the mystery of Christ in you. I'm going to put him in you. All you have to do is make a decision to receive him. Then you will have the mind of Christ in you. And once you have the mind of Christ in you, you will have a worldview that comes from my mind as God, the father of the entire universe and beyond. And you didn't have to do a blasted thing, but say, 
Yes, Lord. So thank you, listeners. Join us next week as we dive in deeper to a topic that is, when I'm told anyway, rarely preached on today. See you next week. This resource has been presented by the Counseling and Conference Services of IOM America. For more information about our ministries, visit us online at iomamerica.org. That's iomamerica.org.